You're listening to Titan Nature's Yellowstone, a podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Sponsored by Think Tank Photo. Think Tank Photo designs camera carrying solutions for working professionals. Welcome to another episode of Tied to Nature's Yellowstone. This is your host, Adam Brubaker. I want to get into some things instead of going over another area in the park right now. I'm going to give you some tips. It's, it's August, uh, mid-August. Kind of tell you what's going on. I mean, this is going to be the busiest month of the year. But this, this, some of this was going to apply for any time that you visit Yellowstone. And so the thing I wanted to mention about is right now, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot more people. July hit a record. And over 1 million people, that's, I think, the first month that we've ever had more than a million visitors in a single month. So there's a lot of people. So how can you best visit Yellowstone? How can you get through the park and not have to worry about crowds? And a couple things with this, actually, I just read an interview with the park superintendent. And one thing that was very nice for me to hear is he doesn't plan on any ticketing system anytime soon. And if that happens sometime in the future, you know, he's going to have some notice for. So we'll we'll know beforehand with, I think I was reading in Glacier, all of a sudden it was short notice and it just happened. There was a lot of confusion. So that that was nice to hear. But a couple things with that is, you know, I, I hear some rumors about that. You know, I understand you have to have, you know, a, a reservation to get in the park or Yellowstone is really busy. Uh, and these things, I I would have to say no. You, well, number one, you don't have to have a reservation to get in the park. And as far as it being busy, yes, it is busy, but is it still worth coming? Yes. I think I've said this before on previous episodes, Chicago, LA, San Francisco, Salt Lake City. I mean, you have some busy cities out there and there's a lot of people coming from some areas that are really crowded and comparatively Yellowstone's not bad. And there are ways to avoid, you know, if you're trying to stay away from the crowds or you're worried about things, there are ways to avoid that. And that's a little bit what I'm going to go through, I guess, my secrets that I've been, you know, how I run things. And I don't think it's a secret anymore because uh, we notice that a lot of people are coming in earlier. But, you know, number one thing is, is get through the gate early. Uh, you know, earlier I probably said, you know, get through by 7 a.m. and there's no problem. There's some, been some days this, this year that 7 a.m. Is, is too late. So I've been starting all my tours at, uh, you know, through the gate by 6.30. If you're looking for wildlife, though, right now, you know, 6.30 is, is too late. You might miss it. You might catch some. You know, you probably get the bison and the elk and things. But as far as wolves and bears, the earlier you go, the better. And August is a tough month to find those. It also can be a great month for those. For example, right now, I know of two different carcasses, bison carcasses, and both of them have had wolves or bears on it. And so to get those, for example, there's one in Hayden Valley. And, you know, the the grizzly bear that was on it, well, there was, I think the first day there were some wolves and the bears came in. And um, when I was out there yesterday morning, there was three grizzly bears kind of right before I got there. When I was there, there was one bear on it. By nine o'clock, that bear was gone. It was getting warm out and it just went into the trees. If you're starting at eight o'clock or even 730 and you're trying to get over to Hayden Valley on time, I mean, you might be might be too late. So that's the big thing. And that, you know, that's from the West Yellowstone. You know, if you're starting at, uh, let's say, Cook City, that northeast entrance, or even, you know, Gardner, Montana, if you're starting at 730, you're too late. 
I mean, you're, you may not be too late. You may catch some things, but the activity, most of it, most of the, the good stuff, I guess you could say, the behavior, you're going to miss going into Lamar Valley. Is you want to be there while it's cool out. You know, it's one thing to see a wolf that's laying down. It's, it's very possible right now, and, you know, wolves are being seen on a daily basis. It's one thing to see them laying down somewhere from a distance, another thing to see them active moving through the valley. Uh, I saw a video the other day that some wolves were chasing a bear off. And so to get things like that, you need to get out early. If you're coming in from the, the south entrance from Jackson, it is tough to get up to Yellowstone on time for some good wildlife. But I've been hearing some good things in the Tetons. Well, I'll just make a side note. It's getting berry season. And bears are good, especially black bears in the Tetons. And moose are down there. And so if you're trying to get up to Yellowstone early for wildlife, maybe you should think, well, you know, I'll stay in Grand Teton for the wildlife, and then I'll go up and get the thermal areas in Yellowstone and enjoy the other scenic areas. Anyways, those are some tips. You know, I can't stress enough getting in early. You can stay late, but late is not going to be as cool as it is in the morning time. So that's kind of the big thing. And with, you know, especially with the wildlife. Now, getting in early for the hot springs and the geysers, this is a tough balance because what you're going to have is you're going to get in early for seeing Old Faithful or a hot spring, and there's going to be some steam. It's cool in the morning. You know, it's 40 degrees in the morning. There's going to be a lot of steam coming off those. And so it is pretty still. It's dramatic, and the light coming through that steam at first thing in the morning is really nice. But in order to really see the springs, really see the water from the geysers, you need to be in there a little later. Now, here's this is how I do it. You know, I go and do the lower loop of Yellowstone. And I go over to Canyon Village and down to Hayden Valley where it's cool. And so when I go that way early in the morning, I mean, I'll get to Canyon Village at 7.30 in the morning. And I'll go see the waterfall. And there's nobody else in the parking lot. It's quiet over there. And it doesn't matter how cool it is over there most of the time. Unless it's rained the day before and you get fogged in. You know, you go over there, you see it. And as I work around the park that way, then I go to Hayden. I see the wildlife. and down around the lake. And then... West Thumb, and it's not too busy. It's starting, crowds are starting to pick up. You'll have lunch at 11 o'clock. Nobody's in the picnic area. By the time I get to Old Faithful, it's busy. There's a lot of people there. But the nice thing about that is going around the loop that way is by the time that I've hit Old Faithful and I'm kind of leaving the park, I'm leaving towards Madison Junction out the west, other people are still on the way in. And so that's where the lines are, are going south. You're going to see lines. And I've Sometimes I pass a mile of traffic trying to get into Grand Prismatic or 10, 15 cars backed up trying to get in fountain paint pots or whatever it is. And so that's, that's the, one of the issues. If you go around counterclockwise, you usually don't see that traffic as you do going counterclockwise. Another thing, you know, if you do start early, you know, go for it. Go, you want to, all, all you want to do is go down to Old Faithful and things. Go down there. You know, I went in with my family the other day. Some extended family were over and we went in early down to Old Faithful. And, you know, we stopped at a few things on the, along the way. We stopped at the Firehole Canyon, and you can spend a little time there. You could go down and maybe walk a geyser basin in the morning. You know, you're going to still be able to see the colors. It's a little steamier. But then as you get down to Old Faithful, and you're there at 10 o'clock or so, it's warmed up enough that, you know, there's not much on the way of steam, and you can start seeing things better. And then you, you catch an Old Faithful eruption. And, you know, it's, it's still fairly quiet in the morning. You start working your way back out, people are still working their way through the geyser basins. And so then you, you avoid that crowd again. 
there's some ways to do it. And the other thing, this is a, gr- a great example is fountain paint pots. So, and I think fountain paint pots is the only one that has two entrances or two exits. People are lining up on the one side, 10, 15 cars back to try to get in. You just go around those cars to the far side. There's another way to get in there. Definitely don't just follow the crowds, I guess, or go up around, do a U-turn and go in the other direction. So there's ways that you don't want to create more traffic, but there's a way to avoid things. Uh, and also the, the other thing to think about is if you're going south, you know, first thing towards Old Faithful from where, whatever direction you're coming from. And, you know, if you're going south towards Old Faithful, right now I just noticed that some bison moved in over in the flats out there, Fountain Flats, and that can cause some traffic. Most of the time, going into Old Faithful is where the traffic is going to be because nobody's seen the bison there. On the way back out, there's not as much traffic. There's going to be some because typically all those people on the way back out have already seen the bison, and so it's moving. And so sometimes just the direction that you go around the park. You know, and I'm focused on that lower loop because that's going to be where most of the congestion is. I should mention Mammoth Hot Springs because there is congestion in that area. When I do Mammoth Hot Springs, I'm usually going out for wildlife in the morning. And so I, again, I leave West Yellowstone at 530. I'm through Mammoth, you know, before seven o'clock and it's quiet. And I choose not to stop at that time, even though there's not many people there. Uh, I just keep on going out to the wildlife. And on the way back, and I'm back into Mammoth, it is busy. The parking lots are full. There's a lot of people because everybody has to, you're going north or south from there. Everybody has to go through Mammoth because the road on the far side is still closed. And so there's a lot, it can be some congestion in there. Traffic hasn't been too bad. Um, The biggest problem is finding parking. And so the biggest thing is, you know, you might have to park back a little ways or, and do some walking. You know, there's, there's no problem with that getting out and doing a little bit of walking. And you'll see that in Mammoth. And some congestion there, you know, I think those are the big ones as far as getting your way, you know, around the park. Um, you know, and I guess the other thing is, is you could come in at, uh, usually by the afternoon, there's, it's quiet. So if you come in at one o'clock, there's two o'clock, that's when I'm leaving typically, but there's nobody at the gate. There's no lines coming in and you come in and you start going around the park and maybe even a little later, a lot of people are starting to come out around five. If you're leaving at five, you might be caught in traffic, especially with the elk along the Madison right now. They're going to be starting to get active and maybe mammoth, you know, and the elk there as well. You know, as people are leaving the park, you get leave the same time as everybody else. You're going to get caught in traffic too. Anyways, there's, those are some tips for trying to avoid the crowds or, you know, not getting caught up in it. And, you know, one of the big things is pack your patience and, you know, remember you're in a national park, everybody's, in, you know, there to enjoy, everybody's on vacation, you know, try to remember to be patient and everybody's, you know, a lot of it, people are going through this for the first time to kind of maneuver this area and nobody realizes how big it is and, you know, how traffic flows. Anyways, a couple other things I want to mention. I'm not as familiar with all the gates as I should be as far as uh, places to stay and food, but I want to mention a few. And, you know, again, I'm out of the West Gate. I'm going to start there. And actually start in Island Park, because that's actually where I'm based out of, is Island Park, Idaho, about half hour from West Entrance. Places to stay in Island Park, Idaho, there's a, a lot of Airbnbs here, a lot of verbos, a lot of rental homes. Um, as far as places to, you know, hotels and things, there's a brand new Spring Hill Suites at Max Inn. It's right on the river. It's a beautiful spot. Food, 
I highly recommend Pond's Lodge. Great food there. That's actually where I get my my box lunches from. Uh, they they do some great sandwiches. Right now, I think it's limited to a pizza menu, just because of you know I think like everybody else having you know a hard time getting employees to help in the kitchen. But you know I imagine the off season it's quieter. They'll have more. They have they have some great food at Pond's Lodge. Let's go into West Yellowstone. Uh, lodging there, places that I recommend. I'd say the biggest place that I recommend is the Three Bear Lodge. Great place, nice, comfortable comfortable area, kind of right close to, you know, walking around to the shops and things. As far as food in that area, Mangy Moose. Excuse me, not Mangy Moose. Mangy Moose is in Jackson. Uh, it was another moose, Bullwinkles. The Bullwinkles, you kind of have two sides. You have the, the regular sit-down restaurant side and kind of the sports bar side or uh, the bar area, good food there, good variety, kind of your American food. You have, you know, you have steaks and pasta and salads and burgers and uh, fish and a good variety of food there. Uh, so those are kind of the areas I recommend on that side. Going up to, let's say, Gardner, Montana, um, I would recommend uh, Wonderland Cafe. They have lodging there, but they also provide some great food. So There's a great little cafe there. Uh, going out to Cook City, Montana. I usually stay at the Alpine Motel. Uh, very comfortable. You know, everything from Silvergate City to Cook City, you know, they're going to be little places, you know, nothing, you're not going to find any big names. I guess the big one is the Super 8, but I've been very happy over the years with the Alpine Motel. They're comfortable. They're remodeled. They look nice. And as far as eating Cook City, a couple places out there, you have the the Beartooth Bakery, uh, I'd love to go there in the morning and take people to Beartooth Bakery. They have some awesome pastries. I know they do a little sit-down breakfast, eggs and bacon and things. Uh, I've never done that because we're on the go. So, I mean, a great variety of, of good breakfast items to go. And then there's the Beartooth Cafe right in Cook City. Kind of my go-to. I think it's, I think it hands down it's the best place in Cook City to eat. And then also in Silvergate, and Silvergate, it's a log cabin cafe. And I like I like their breakfast. I like their their meals in general, but breakfast, they have really good French toast. And so that's kind of the, the go-to place there. And I have to be honest, I have not been to Cody. I am not familiar with Cody. One thing about Cody that I know is some great museums out there. It just it's a good distance from the, the east entrance. So that's not a place. But actually, right out the east entrance, um, just right on the edge, there's Pahaska Tipi. And just an awesome place to stay. Uh, good food at their lodge there, too. Uh, one of the things I love about that, especially in the spring, is staying in those cabins there. And you, I've, I remember a couple years ago now, staying in those cabins and looking out at the hillside. We had a mountain goat up high. There was a bison in the parking lot. There was a grizzly bear up high. We heard a wolf howl. Early in the day, we came down, there was a moose. And so just a great place there at Pahaska Teepee, just outside the east entrance. Going to the south, kind of the closest thing to the south entrance is going to be Flag Ranch, which is, you know, mostly camping. And they do have a little restaurant in there that's good. And going south, you know, you're really going into Jackson, kind of the big area. And in Jackson, there's all kinds of places that you can stay at, some great food. But as far as food down there, I, I, I had to support Bubba's Barbecue. I enjoy their food. Well, it's part of the Blue Collar Group, so Bubba's Barbecue. And as far as places to stay in there, you know, things that I would recommend is, you know, as far as Jackson and places to stay, I, I just can't help recommend something not too far off of Town Square. Town Square, 
kind of everything is, and walk to things, see the shops, see the elk antler arches. You know, places that I've stayed is uh, you have the Antler Inn, you have the 49er, and you have Elk Country Inn, which are kind of all connected with. I believe all three of those are connected. And Elk Country Inn, um, I've stayed there. It's nice. Uh, and, you know, that's a little farther, but it's right next to Bubba's Barbecue, which I highly recommend. Antler Inn, just right there off of the town square. You know, something maybe a, a little nicer, um, a little further off, but kind of on that main drag is the Lexington or the Rustic Inn. Uh, so tons of places, tons of choices to stay down that way. If you're looking for something that, you know, has a, a lot going on, a lot to do kind of off the town square, but you have Snow King Mountain Resort, you know, they're right at the ski resort, but they have the the Alpine Slide and they have some great activities right there, a, a nice park close by. And so a lot going down, a lot of different options down in that area. But um, that kind of gives you a little idea of that surrounding area, places to eat, uh, hotels. So if you're looking for a tour, let's start with out of Coding, Wyoming. I would recommend Yellowstone Western Tours. I don't know him very well, but I've seen Bill out in the park quite a bit. And, you know, he does tours in a Jeep, and he seems to be great getting people out there. I would I would recommend the Yellowstone Western Tours. Going south out of Jackson, I, I have to recommend Brushbuck Tours. So with Brushbuck, I used to work with them. Great company. And as far as guides from there, it's hard to, you know, pick out one guide. You know, I would say Haley. Uh, Haley's a great guide. I think Daniel, but I think Daniel's been in a lot of time in Alaska. Neil, Mike, I mean, it's, it's hard to pick out one of those guys, Clint. So some great guides down there out of Jackson, Wyoming. Going out of Cook City area, I would recommend Lamar Valley Touring uh, with, with Audra, one of her guides. And she's great because I, I, think, I think other guides go into Cook City and will pick up there, but I, or Silvergate. I believe, I could be wrong, I believe she's the only one that's based out of there. So I would look at uh, Lamar Valley Touring. Uh, going out of Gardner, I'm going to get myself in trouble. I have so many friends up that way, so many people that have referred people to me from Yellowstone Insight, Yellowstone Guidelines, Yellowstone Wild, um, Evan over at Yellowstone Wildlife Guide Company, In Our Nature. Um, I mean, just it, honestly, uh, I guess Wolf Tracker, a lot of these guides out of guide companies out of Gardner, it's it's hard to go wrong with them. They do a great job. I think if you if you find somebody out of Gardner, most of those companies are going to be great. I know a lot of their guides. I mean, if you're looking for a specific recommendation up there or a specific guide, you know, let me know and I'll I'll give you some contact and some details there. Uh, out of West Yellowstone, uh, Amy with Easy Tours Yellowstone, of course myself, Adam with Tied to Nature you're staying in the park. I know there's several companies, including myself, that will go into the park and book tours or pick, you know, start tours there. At Zantera from the hotels, you know, if you're looking for the classic ride and those those old, what are they, uh, 1936, that date's probably wrong, the old white company is white, but they're yellow touring vehicles. You know, you can always do a tour directly from Zantera from the hotels as well. Um, I should mention out of West Yellowstone, you know, if you're looking for more of a public tour, you know, private tours can be a little expensive. Uh, Yellowstone Alpen Guides as well as Yellowstone Vocations both do those. I've worked for both companies. Yellowstone Vacations, I definitely recommend uh, Jesse or Matt. And over at Yellowstone Alpen Guides, I would talk to Bob 
or at recommend Bob. And so, so, so many options as far as tours and things to do, places, you know, all these different entrances. But, you know, hopefully that gives you a, a little help. And, and if you're worried about crowds and, you know, how do you avoid things and see the most of Yellowstone, definitely look up a tour guide. You know, maybe find a tour or just reach out to somebody and say, how can I do that? I have no problem, you know, giving tips and tricks and ways to see Yellowstone to, to best see it and best spend your time here. But, uh, again, I think that's what I got this week. If you have any requests, you know, things you want me to talk about, you know, send me an email, send me a text, you know, go to www.tidetonature.com and you can find my contact information there. But thanks for tuning in to another episode of Tide to Nature's Yellowstone. Thanks for listening to Tide to Nature's Yellowstone, the podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Keep up to date with Tide to Nature and Think Tank Photo on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Ooh.